Hi, welcome to 15 Minutes with Alex. I'm Alex, and this episode number nine, I think. And I'm Nick, although no one will ever say so. It's true, we not say his name. Um, we speak to the wonderful writer Nomi Fry from her home in Brooklyn. Hope you enjoy it. All right, let's call Nomi. Um, give me her number. Okay, it is 347. 347. Hello? Hi, it's Alex. Hi. Hi, Nomi. Hello. Hi. Hi, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I'm, it's so interesting to hear your voice knowing you just virtually. Hi, Nomi. Um, yes. This is Nick, Hi, Alex's Nick. husband. Hi. Hi, how are you Hi, doing? Hi, guys. You're I'm good. Your voice is cute. I actually did hear your voice, I have to admit, because in my stalking of you over the last, during COVID, I also listened to the podcast you were on with those guys. I forgot to write down what that podcast was. But, oh, well, but, that's uh, all right. We don't want to plug yeah. any other podcast. We don't like to plug anything. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to anything else ever. Just like I refuse to have sell anything except yoga classes in my old yoga studio that's now shut down, um, I won't. I we try not to sell anything except our own fucking shit all the time. Right, 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 right. You gotta, you gotta think of uh, right. You gotta think of the money. Exactly. Money first. Yes, yes. I feel always. It's like a desperate. I feel like COVID is like a desperate self-promoting in this gig economy <laughs> as like you know a as a freelance gig economy worker, it's like a crazy hustle. Yeah, and it's so crazy doing that for yoga too. It's a drive, drive, more, <laughs> more like, yoga. Everyone, everyone over here, more yoga over here. I sit on a couch like making clips of myself doing postures, you know, which I've never done in my life. Like there's, I've never even put a picture of myself doing yoga since this. Anyways, it's very embarrassing. And I then I think about people like you and I'm like, oh, she must think I'm such a retard. <gasps> I no, what are you talking about? No, 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 no. It seems very normal to me. Okay, think, good. I'm glad. I think it's, yeah, yeah. yeah Remind yeah, me yeah. how, do you mind telling me how old you are? I should have looked it up, but yes, I didn't. Yes, uh, I am, um, yeah, no, I, I, I can't What tell. does that matter? Well, it does to I, me. No, 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 I can say uh, I'm 44. Oh, I great. I just turned 44. Good, or God. like in March. I'm so Please. relieved you said that. That gave me a little burst of serotonin. We don't like to talk to anyone born after 1980. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was born in 1976. So, great, so great. We're, so we're good. We're That's good. why we have those certain connections, I think, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's good to embrace it, and it's, it's like... Um, it's like, I think that's actually the new frontier, like um, people realizing that, in fact, uh, getting older is actually a cool thing. Yes, I think you're, yeah. I think you're right. Um, I really I think do. it's trending. I do too. I've been joking about <laughs> that for a long time because I definitely feel that I'm, I'm ageist against the young and, um, and I make jokes or I did make jokes about that when I taught live classes and I sort of have developed this persona. I'm, I'm, I almost said I'm 50. I always add a couple years to my age and then I think I'm that age. I'm 49, so I'm almost 50. <laughs> 
Right. But um, I often, like, my persona is much older than I am, you know, and I'm like, well, you wouldn't right, right. know that young lady. And then I call You're men. You're an like, old soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I call, like, even hot dudes who come into yoga, although there's never really a hot yoga dude. I find them repulsive. But if once in a blue moon I do think a dude is hot who comes into yoga, I call him a young man all the time. Right, 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 right. You know? Um, yeah. It must you know, be really think... appealing to them, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, yeah, yeah, that's it. it may, right. Um, it's, yeah. No, I think it's, I think we're up for a reconsideration. Yes. Of, of the aging. I totally that's, agree. Yeah. And you look opinion. very young. So when I stare, have stared at your face a couple of times trying, I, obviously I could have just looked up how old you are, but I'm a bit, I'm, you know, because I'm 50, I'm a bit of an idiot in that way. I forget. You can just look it up. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I stared at your face and like tried to, I, I knew you were, you know, not like whatever in your 20s. I mean, you look like you're in your 20s, but just because of what you talk about. But I, I wasn't quite sure, you know, and then. Right. You, I mean, I do feel, I have to say the last couple of months, I do feel like I've been aging rapidly in quarantine. And it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, you see this like fast forward of uh, like a young woman becoming a crone, you know, like yes. shriveling up like an old prune or like a rose, one of those like nature. Yes. Um, yes. You know, like time lapse nature documentaries where it's like, you see like a peach all young and fuzzy. And then it, it becomes like written with like worms. and <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I'm curious. So that's to, what's happening. I'm curious to know. <laughs> I'm doing my own little scientific study, very uh, strict scientific study. Uh, are, are you shopping at what we call hater hoes? Uh, Trader Joe's? No, I'm not. I mean, not. Uh, right. I mean, I I used to like because that will wait, really does it age come you. From Philadelphia. Trader Joe? I mean. Is it, where is it from? No, is it California? No, I think it's L.A. Well, see, we used to live in L.A. and we never went there and everybody did. But um, yeah. but then, but we did, we did start going during COVID for various reasons. My daughter sends my teenager's home all day. She begs me to go because she says we've yeah. never had, like she, she takes pictures and Snapchats with her friends of our cupboard pre-COVID where there's like some coconut oil and two unflavored, you know, puffs. <laughs> cheat, you know. I, think I always pictured... Uh, Trader Joe flying a small airplane out of Miami. Um, oh, like one of those like cocaine cowboys of the eighties. Something like that. Yes, who then you know like discovered health food and found a, a right. And actually, way. I don't know why I said Phil. Like I don't know how that I got confused with Philadelphia. Well, it wouldn't surprise me, but he's a bit too successful for Philadelphia. Philadelphia yeah. has a little bit right. of a problem of of gathering people like us, which actually is good to bring us to the... It's all mossy stones. Yeah, yeah, it's mossy stones here in Philly. Um, <laughs> the city of brotherly love. Um, it does bring me to what I really want to talk about. I have so many yes. things I want to talk about with you because I love reading your work. And... I can come on the pod every day. Oh, good. Right. Thank God. Because as I don't know if you know this, but my mother has refused to come on now. She's so mad at us, and she was meant to be our regular guest star. Oh, you could replace is she mad Alex's after mom her, after her appearance. So she was came. She so she. So she. Because I she guess. Came on. Yeah, I, we had her on. I'm going to say like three times, and um, very yeah. successfully, which you know is touch and go with her, only because she does have a chip on her shoulder about being like exploited. She, you know, by the 
people, mostly men, throughout her whole life, which there's some truth to, you know, like we could say, yeah. one could say Warhol exploited her in the sense that she never made any money, you know? Yeah. Um, does she, where does she live now? In Palm Springs. In Palm Springs? Yes. Oh, that's, that's kind of awesome. Yes, it's it's interesting. Of course, she she hates it mostly, but it does work for her. She lives in, like, if you imagine those old school, like, 70s motels around a communal pool. They're, they're, they're not, it's not a motel, it's apartments, but it looks like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah. like little apartments. Yeah. It's, it's very run down. They're, they're literally like bulldozers idling outside, waiting to tear the whole thing down. <laughs> right. She's one, you know, right. she's, she's the Palm Springs, which there's plenty of them, but the, you know, more low income Palm Springs person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't want to, you know, bore you with all of our personal stuff, but basically, yes, then we had my father on, who's a French video artist, and we right. had him, you know, refer to some of the stuff we talked to with Viva, and she was very furious, which, you know, didn't really surprise me, but it definitely, we've all, we've done a couple of projects with her before where it ends up turning bad, which is why we, you know, don't finish them. We have a lot of unfinished projects, so... Um, yes. So now we, I promoted the podcast, at least on my Patreon page, as Conversations with Viva, but we no longer have her. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, she'll, maybe she'll reconsider at some point. I hope, I, I hope she does. I'm hoping she does. I have to really stroke the teat, you know, which I've not been willing to do just yet, because even though I'm 50, I'm still triggered, you know? Yes, well, I mean, I, I can understand that. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't be? Yeah, that, uh, that makes sense. Yes. And, um, but yeah, tell doesn't me. Doesn't everyone's parents sort of owe it to them to go on their podcast for free? I don't, yeah, I mean, I would say so. I, I wouldn't, I feel like, yeah, I mean, my parents are very, you know, my parents are much more straight-laced than, you know, former Warhol superstar Viva, you know, yeah, so yeah. I, I, it's like, it's hard for me to imagine. I'm trying to Where'd think, you grow like, up? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Israel. That's what I thought. And where, you moved from yeah. Israel even not that long ago. I mean, in, in relativity well, of in life. The early, yeah, in the early 2000s. Yeah. That um, to me is like yesterday. Yes. I mean, it's not, um, at this point it's been like, you know, at least a third of my life, I guess, yeah. that I've been here. But, but yeah, I mean, it's that maybe not, or just a third. Uh, yeah, just about a third. Did I you guess. watch a lot of TV growing up? I did. Um, and I actually spent time in America as a child. Mm. My father, my parents are both academics, and my father is a scientist, and he would come to the states to do you know research okay. like sabbaticals and um so i had this as a child and a teen i had this um experience of being in the states but we would always go back you know we would it would be very occasional yes, like yes. every other summer and then a couple of years i spent like when i was four I spent a year here. When I was 15, I spent okay. a year here. Here, that is not in New York. It was actually always Seattle. It was because um, my dad uh, worked at University of Washington. Okay, uh, okay. But um, I, so I had this, like, experience of America, but not as, like, the living. And, and then in 2002, um, I came here to go to grad school. Okay. Which I oh. never which I never finished. But, um, <laughs> good, but that good. was, like, yeah, but that was, like, my... That was, my that was your plan. impetus. Yeah, that was my impetus and how I ended up being here. And then I ended up just staying. I just realized um, maybe we could get Nomi's parent, one of Nomi's parents to play Viva. Oh, I like that. that idea. 
That would just... <laughs> um, probably, yeah. Did they ever get a chance to express themselves creatively in life? Um, yes, because they're both... I mean, they're both academics, and they're, so they're, they both write, I guess. I mean, oh, in, in a, okay. not, not creatively, but like... Yeah, sure, uh, but same idea. Know, so, yes, so they're self-actualized and realized. Are, are oh, yeah, either yeah. of them doing yeah. like dinner theater on the weekends or anything like that? No, 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 no. no. So did you speak Hebrew kind. growing up? Yes, I, and so, I still so it, speak Hebrew at home with my husband. Who's got also it. I thought I wondered that, and you met him there. Yeah, I think I I did read that. So you, yes. I hear that very slightly in your voice, which I love. I grew up with a with an Israeli family above us in the Chelsea Hotel. They lived in the apartment oh, directly really? above us. Yeah, Ruth and Danny Shamron. They're still there, actually. Well, Danny passed. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and did or, they have kids? Yes, Oria and Talia. And my mother, as you probably already know, was a big screamer, and Ruth was too. And she, Ruth called my mother Vivale. <laughs> yeah, and so when my mother would be having a ranting rage, Ruth would call down and go, "Vivale, vivale! You got, you asked for the stop. I can't. I'm sure you could do that better than I can." And then my and then when Ruth would be screaming and ranting, my mother would call up and go, "Ruth, Ruth, come on! This is enough. You, you come down, have a drink with me." Um, but we spent my and my sister Gabby even went to Israel with them. Oh, she did, just mm -hmm. as a friend? Like yeah, yeah, friend, just, she family. was, yeah, she's 11 years younger than me, and their daughter, Talia, was Gabby's age. But anyway, so I feel very connected to the Israeli Where are vibe. the kids now? Um, you know what? It's a, Oria, there, we know them, not well. I haven't seen them in years and years, but they're, they're fine. They're doing well. Oria's had some issues with his love life and children, a bit of a estrangement from his baby mama but <laughs> that's Ooh, another story okay. but we so we had um yeah so I so I was wondering about your childhood because you speak about television and pop culture American pop culture in a way that really connects to me you know and so I was really surprised that you grew up in Israel and then yeah you, yeah and but so but you watch those things I did. I definitely did. I mean, there was some, um, there was some uh, American television aired in Israel. It was very, you know, until the, I would say the early '90s, there was only one channel, so it was very kind of like there was a, it was scarce, I guess. Uh -huh. um, but it was like also an event, like uh, who's the boss was on, like right, right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, We'd all like gather around, you know. So funny. To watch no, Tony Danza. <laughs> um, so you almost had like an American fifties experience in the of television kind of, in the nineties. Kind of yes, but totally and yeah, in a way. But then also on the other hand, I would then I would go, and I would have this like incredible glut um, where. You know, I, I would go, I would come to America for a summer, say, you know, whatever, when I was yeah. like eight or ten or something. And I would go to, I would be sent to day camp and then part of the summer probably. And then part of the summer, I would just like stay home and watch TV. And um, I would just be, suddenly I was like, you know, I was like a pig and shit, you know, suddenly yes, I had yes. so much to watch and I loved all of it. And I just wanted to drown in it. Yes. And so, and I, so I think, I think these two experiences of having, of sort of longing for it and then like being immersed in it and then longing for it and then, you know, it was yeah, sort of totally. a cyclical thing, I think really affected me and made me like, it was, it became, I mean, obviously 
that's also very important to some Americans and people are obsessed with TV here as well, even if they grew up with it all the time. But like, it's for me at least, um, that really defined my experience of what was interesting to me and what I paid attention to, Yeah, I guess. And also just the experience of being a, f- a foreigner and coming for these like fairly short periods of time in America and then having to kind of, pass as a local or try to pass you know probably not totally successfully most of the time because it took me time to sort of gather my wits and kind of pretend better or something and I just was kept wanting to just fit in so I I think I just subconsciously was like okay I'm just gonna know what's happening in this tv show or I'm gonna know about this movie or like and I then I ended up just knowing more than anyone. I mean, not <laughs> yeah, knowing yeah. more than anyone else, but just you know, like remembering the name of like that soap opera actress. Mm-hmm. Who yes, was totally. On Days of Our Lives or something. Yeah, where nobody really, most people, most kids didn't really care. But I was just like, I gotta know. Yes, <laughs> it's know? so interesting. Um, I really yeah. connected. I mean, not necessarily because you're you're more. Well, it brings me to that. You connected me to the article you wrote about Vanderpump Rules, you know? Right, because you were asking about it. Yeah, yeah. and I've been wondering what it is because a different podcast, of which I will not name, mentions it. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, when I read it, you know, one, I grew up with, yeah, the TV on all the time, but it was more as like a, a soothing background. I mean, feeling. that too is very important, yes. Yes, I mean, I, we also watched, my mother and I watched all the soaps, and my sister's father was a soap actor on As the World Turns, and I knew the names as well. Um, yeah. And I, but I, you know, okay, so I have two, I have this weird thing, I have this weird connection of this, your most recent review of, yeah. of Miss Aluminum with Susanna Moore's memoir. And there's yes. this qu- this quote that you quoted from from the book, it had uh-huh. become necessary in childhood, dot, 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 to maintain a keen watch at all times. And because of this, I had to rely, not always with reason, on my ability to interpret the slightest word or gesture. Yes. So I, I you know, and I think you even say this word at some point later, but, you know, I call that vigilance. Um, yeah. And I'm hyper vigilant, you know, always seeing when the mood is going to switch. And I was realizing reading that. And then somehow I read that after the Vanderpump Rules article Mm -hmm. review that you wrote in 2016, I connect these because you speak about in Vanderpump Rules. um, Do you is, is it is it really horrible? Do you have to hear your own writing read? Do you? Oh, no, I don't. I don't mind. Okay. Yeah. Um, No, go ahead. Okay, good. So. Um, you said, uh, I'd rather poke my own eye with a stick than participate in a so-called opting out. Oh no, sorry. Let me go back up. I moved to America more than a decade ago from Israel. Up oh, there's how I know you were lived in Israel and found myself half seduced and half flummoxed by the very American fixation on growth and improvement. Mm-hmm. seduced mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it seemed the law of the land to side with the winners, no matter the circumstances or cost, flummoxed yes. because there appeared something unsustainable and maybe even slightly fascistic in this unswerving focus on worldly achievement. 
Over the years, as I've nervously jumped my way through a succession of professional and personal hoops with varying degrees of effort, I've thought a lot about a moment in Tama Janowitz's, and that, I'm just adding in here, that really stuck out to me because I was into Tama Janowitz, 1985 story, Spells, in which the protagonist, Eleanor, is forced to listen to her boyfriend go on glowingly about his overachieving ex-girlfriend. When he pauses, Eleanor responds, I like to rest myself. Reading it, I remember thinking, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's really appropriately, yeah. too. I think that you, that you also like really uh, read that so fast. That was impressive and, and, and wonderful. That... People, I know Nick always makes fun of how fast I talk and read. I, you... I, I, I read fast, too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I also find that I rarely make, and I'm going to totally fuck something up when I next do it, but I, I, I don't make any flumbles or mistakes. No. It was <laughs> no, that was very clean and clear. People are going to have to actually like slow down the podcast. You know, usually some people like listen to their podcast sped up. Like gonna... Right, 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 right. To, to get, again, that sort of that, that uh, yearning for improvement or that for progress. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm going to listen to the podcast at 1.5, you know. Yeah. yeah. Sort of like gain. Oh, I gain know. The knowledge exactly. faster. I was exactly. shocked when somebody told me that. I didn't even know people Insanity. did that. I could not believe it. That's so weird Insanity. to me. Insanity. So crazy. Yeah. It sounds like something like Elon Musk would do. Oh or something. my God. I know. Yeah. I couldn't even. When someone told me that, I don't remember who it was, I was like, that's. A different species someone, of person. Someone, uh, uh, someone told us that Elon Musk listens to our podcast, but in his sleep. He just, <laughs> it's, it's on his, his. I hope that's true. His sleep <laughs> schedule of podcasts. I know. really hope that's true. Um, he is such an idiot. Oh God! There's like no bigger idiot. Ew! Right I, mean, I can't I even look at his fucking idiot, face. But... And what about? I thought Grimes was cool for a little I know. while. What I happened? Know. Yeah, definitely. I don't know, but it's very shocking. God. Um, you I'll can... send you something I wrote about it when they actually started dating. Ooh, please when they, send they it to me. They made their appearance at the Met Ball. Oh, I want to read that. it was a surprise. That. You know, people didn't know. They had just been, like, dating for a month or something, and they... I'll, I'll send oh, please. It. I cannot anyway, wait. Yeah. I'll eat that up. I, I, <laughs> I could read, as I think you know at this point, just from our little interchanges, I could read stuff on that and listen to stuff. I would, I, I crave more in the podcast and I would, could read something about their appearance at the Met Ball for like eight hours, every single detail, you know, I want it to be like a 1000 page polemic. You know what? The Met Ball, the Met Ball brings us back nicely to the, uh, to what you, the, the, te the text you were reading. Oh too, yes. It yes. Was like, cause you were saying you identified this with as sort of the, the, the uh, child of artists. Yes. Thank you. Sort no. of the nature of the artist. Like, yes. Yeah, no, totally. To me, it's like, okay, yeah, two things. Like, my mother worked from home. She was a writer at that time, and she wrote, you know, regularly for different yeah. publications. Mm -hmm. And we always had the television on. And to me, the television act as this soothing element for on some level for Viva so that I could kind of take away some of the hypervigilance and feel yeah. a kind of temporary stasis. Yes. Um, and so, oh, and this is a quote of yours. You said watching Vanderpump Rules. You said, and this is no me writing, watching it is like having my brain stroked to a very low-grade, consequence-free orgasm, a pleasurable <laughs> sort of non-involvement, and I never once have to compare myself unfavorably with the people on screen. <laughs> yes, it's um, true. I totally felt that. So to me, when I can just relax and not have to interact with, and I'm going to even say the people in my house now because I still, you know, have 
brought that inheritance to my present life. I find it very relaxing. So I often, because we don't have TV on, because we have a bigger house, you know, we have one TV right. upstairs. Right, and, right, the, right. and the nature of watching TV is so different now. I have podcasts on all the time and I walk around sometimes with my phone in my pocket listening while I clean and do, you know, my domestic duties to podcasts. Um, and but we're not going to mention which podcast. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to mention which podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, but that all the, the the thing that you read also reminds. I mean, very much we yeah. we don't we don't usually talk about COVID, but we are in a state of rest. Yes. And there's this real um, struggle right now. Like I don't know, did either of you guys see? Was it yesterday? The Steve Nuchin and um, Jerome H. Powell testimony yesterday, in Tell which us. well, it, it's no. Just, there's just this real fight, right, that we know about, which is everyone's like, you know, this, all these supply siders like, okay, everybody back to work, back to sure. work. But sure. there's, of course, uh, you know, this kind of ignorance of like, well, but it's not just about getting back to work. It's also about like just getting back to life and, and yeah. like l life will not necessarily be as normal if people don't feel safe. Of and course. It's really interesting because Jerome Powell is basically saying, although even the New York Times won't say it in explicit words, he's saying, you know, the government needs to spend more money, that they need yeah. to write people checks, of write course. businesses checks. Good. And so they yeah. use all these like euphemistic terms like, you know, well, Mr. Powell says we must do more and more must be done. <laughs> and you know, yeah. they never just say it simply like we need to write more checks, you know, like. Yeah. Put more more money in the economy, and of course, you know he has the ability to print money, and yeah. um, there's a lot of debate about that whole thing. And of course, no one really ever asked the question like, well, you know, what about trickle down economics? Like, so can't we get the economy restarted by just like cutting, you know, giving more tax breaks to the rich? You know, if that works, like, why why do yeah. we have to write checks? Anyway. I've gone yeah. on, a, on a major, off on a major tangent, but I do see a real relation to what you guys are talking about and this moment that we're in of like everyone back to work or rest. Yeah, what do you, I totally see what you're getting at, Nick, and there's a world, we might have to like continue this conversation, but I want to hear, know me, I mean, if you have ideas about like, so I, so I guess what I'm kind of, we're kind of saying is like, there was this, this is my feeling, this like 60s and 70s vibe um, where you could, you know, and I'm, this is the theme of your Vanderpump Rules article, like be, you could sort of be low achieving. You could have this lounge, you know, that's yes. what all Warhol movies were based on was just filming basically the ones with my mother, my mother lounging and talking to people, you know? Hope you enjoyed that conversation. It was extra long because yeah. Nomi was so fun to talk yeah, to. Yeah, I think we're going to have to make that a twofer. That'll be part two. Or, I think so that'll, too. That'll be part one. We'll... Right. Cut part two for the next episode. Yeah. And um, uh, we hope you become a patron, that it enticed you and titillated you. And to become a patron, you can pay whatever you want for a monthly subscription, anywhere from a dollar to $5,000. $5 Or $5 million if you were Elon Musk. Yeah. Elon Musk, $5 million. $5 million per so, month, Elon. $5 million. $5 million. Which is nothing. Nothing. Know. Drop in the bucket. Or actually, I don't know what his no, finances yeah. are, but it's it's certainly nothing to um, uh, the guy who owns everything now. Uh, Amazon, um, Amazon guy, name? yeah, he could pay us five million. So uh, Jeff Bezos, five yeah. million a month for Alex and Nick for fifty minutes with Alex. Thank you. Thanks.